So everybody, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving and that you were surrounded by friends and family or that you celebrated in whichever way made you happy. Recharge your batteries if you're a student before you get back at it. If you're a professional, hey, hopefully you enjoyed some time off. So look, I'm excited about this episode that's coming up uh, today. Uh, we had a conversation or I had a conversation with a great buddy of mine, Gabriel Cruz. He's currently a regional manager for the Midland Territory for Tenaris, and he is in oil and gas, and he and I went to school together, and we got the opportunity to participate as student leaders in uh, Mayas and have gotten involved. We were able to do some things as students, as professionals, and we just love giving back. And so I knew that Gabe had a very uh, powerful story. He's got a good story that I think it's worth you guys listening First, I want to thank you very much for uh, putting up with this episode. It is a little long, but look, I really wanted to make sure that uh, we got to hear Gabe's story completely and uh, maybe I could have broken it up. And look, I'll, I'll leave it to you to give me some feedback and let me know what you think would have worked better. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode. And as always, thank you very much for listening. All right, Gabe. So we just had dinner. I'm full. You're full. Yeah. <laughs> it's late. Uh, so right, we'll take take that into consideration. Whoever's listening, we just had a, a mess of Mediterranean food and caught up on all the stories that we're not going to talk about here. No, I'm just, yeah, it's too bad. They're, they're, <laughs> they're, I'm not that confident yet to bring some, <laughs> <laughs> some of that kind of stuff up, and I'm not going to put you in the awkward position. So for first round, we're just going to stick to some basic stuff. But I still think... Uh, that you have look I've known you for for a bit and I am going to ask you because I can't tell you exactly when we met so I'm going to see what comes out of your mouth and then I'm going to probably disagree with it because that time's a little bit fuzzy but um, but yeah look man I, I kind of heard you were coming into town uh, we've known each other for a while I know bits and parts of your story I think it's valuable for people to hear it and that's really what I kind of want to do today perfect right just kind of and, and and overall and, and again I was I have a tendency of doing this where I just give give folks the the uh, the uh, not the plot twist but what's the word I'm looking for like here's the hook like at the end of this the overarching theme is going to be transitions right I want people to kind of hear uh, whether you're a student or a professional life is full of transitions so that's going to be the overarching theme and I guess if people want to stop listening now they can but I recommend that they don't because <laughs> uh, you have a pretty good story so let's start softly uh, I'm interested to know what was it like to, uh, growing up Gabe where do you come from siblings uh, parents that kind of thing yeah so I grew up in South Texas a uh, place called Harlingen it was not a very big uh, not a very big school uh, but it was uh, kind of a small town feel, and I had uh, one sister. Uh, she was uh, four years younger than me, so we never went to school at the same time. But uh, didn't have didn't have uh, a whole lot of uh, influences with regards to engineering growing up. I mean, I had an uncle who actually worked at Boeing. Yeah, he lived in California, and didn't uh didn't get to see him a whole lot but when i did i was always like really like hey what are you doing because he worked on satellites and i always yeah. thought that was the coolest thing what did let's go back. what did your parents do uh so my dad was uh, an architect and he worked with the school district 
and my mom was uh, an administrative assistant for a couple of places. Yeah, so they both they both worked, right? They were both worked full time, normal, yeah, full time, yeah, yeah. You? So like for me, like right now, we're, we're gonna get to family, but I guess, uh, anyways. So like my kids right now have no idea what I do, and I can tell you for for I knew what my dad did because it wasn't that hard. So my dad was a cab driver, so you see this cab pull up in the driveway, so you kind of have a very clear idea of what he does. Did you have an idea of what your parents did? Oh yeah, I knew. I knew uh, my dad was an architect very young because he had his whole studio set up in the. Uh, kitchen actually we didn't have a dining area because that's where his studio was uh we had to move their dining area into the living room uh because he would be working there like late into the night and i always remember wanting to stay up with him while he was working because he would do all of his stuff like old school they didn't have computers he did all of his stuff by hand uh and i just remember him sitting there like late late at night uh, with his lamp on, uh, looking over his, his drafting table and, you know, working on his designs and everything. And I always thought that was, uh, that was, that was pretty cool. Uh, and I always wanted to stay up and just sit with him and watch okay. him do that. But, but then cue this uncle. So you have an uncle who works for Boeing. Yeah. And what does he, what does he, what did he do or what does he do? Uh, so he worked uh, as a structural uh, testing engineer, okay. uh, and he would set up all of their uh, test uh, structures uh, and test all of their satellites that were about to go into space. Uh, he helped design part of a module that supported uh, a satellite that went up in the space shuttle. I remember that was something that was really cool. Uh, but yeah, he was kind of my first exposure into engineering and then over time as i grew up my parents would always take us to like uh, museums they would take us out to science exhibits and so that's another thing that really helped foster my interest into uh engineering but so so you kind of started to say you didn't have direct so maybe it's a hindsight comment like you see where the different at different times it was there or was it like in your face like hey Gabe you should be doing engineering and this is what engineers do it was at different times it would pop up and kind of like hey that's really cool or that's interesting but it wasn't something that uh, uh, I'd see on a daily basis or it wasn't something that my parents were like hey this is what you need to go into like you need to go into engineering Uh, it was just hey you're going to need to go to school at some point uh, and pick something out here's all of this stuff in front of you that will help you at some point and we think it's really interesting so what kind of a high like high, yes elementary and middle school you know there's some baseline there but i always tend to think high school is the weird years so what kind of a student were you said you know when you were in high school were you were you uh, books or were you no, on the road i was all over the place okay. um i i did a lot of things i i, I did fairly well in high school uh, I, I had AP courses and everything like that. I think I found out like in middle school, uh, which is kind of weird, they had two different programs, right? You had your like GT programs and then you had your, your kind of regular programs. In middle school, if you got into your like GT programs, you were pretty much set because uh, that meant that you would likely get into AP in high school yeah. uh, in the AP and they were judged on a completely different GPA scale, right? So if you got a B in your AP uh, courses in uh, high school, that was actually like getting an A 
in the regular courses and everybody was looked at the same GPA. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So in a way and the AP courses were were more challenging right they're they're meant to be more challenging and that's why they had the offset uh, but at uh, this particular school I don't think the offset was enough to to really justify the the uh, differential and what you saw was was uh, all of these people in these AP courses are all uh, in the top 10% right they're the ones that are uh, that are at the top of the class, uh, so it's it's uh, it's different. I struggled in uh, in all my math classes. Yeah. Uh, I always had a hard time with math. That wasn't something that necessarily came easy to me, but I also saw it as a challenge. And I like puzzles and I like challenges, and so I always kept just kind of pushing at it until I could uh, until I could figure it out. And this was all in Harlingen, right? This is all in Harlingen, yeah. Okay. Harlingen High School. And so, when you were talking about, you know, at some point going to college, and your parents were kind of, let me back up. What I'm, what I'm trying to get at is, hey, did you, was there an expectation that you would, maybe not expectation is the wrong word, or did you always know that, hey, you were going to be getting out of Harlingen and doing something else? And the reason I ask is because I have, and so I'm also involved with, uh, and I didn't plan on talking about this, but I forget where that you were from 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 the valley, right? But when I talk to folks from say UTRGV, and there's a lot of top talent that's in the valley, and a bunch of smart individuals, but behind the scenes in their families, you got folks that are almost expecting them to stay. Right. And to like, hey, why do you want to leave the valley? Why do you want to leave home? Did you experience any of that growing uh, growing up? Is that part of, 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 of what you saw at all? I don't think it was an expectation for me to stay. I think uh, both of my parents had gone to school and they'd also they'd left the valley to go to school. Okay. Eventually, my dad came back and my mom's story is <laughs> all over the place. So she uh, she wasn't expecting me to, to stay. Okay. Uh, so I think that was a big part of it compared to like some of my cousins, uh, some of my other family members whose family was all in the valley. Like yeah. I think leaving the valley for them was was a lot harder to do because of just the expectations of their family. None of them had really uh, had really the opportunity to go off to college. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that wasn't an expectation for them to leave uh, and then, you know, come back. So you kind of, your family was different. Like, uh, they had gone to school elsewhere, ended up back or went to the Valley for work, not ended up back, I think I said that wrong, but like went, were working and living there, but had gotten their degrees outside of there. Yeah, so, so they had come back. And and part of the, the drive to come back was to be close to, to family. Right? Okay. So it wasn't just the, the career, but there's also to be close to family. But they had an understanding, they knew that part of a game going to college was... To, to leave. To leave. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's start, let's start getting into that space. So, hey, you're, you're you know... How do you, when you started thinking about college, uh, did you go to college right away outside of high school? Did you know exactly what you were getting into? What was that like for you? I think uh, that was one of the things that I, I didn't fully understand. Uh, I hadn't really visited a lot of colleges before making the decision. I'd gone to maybe two different colleges. Uh, actually, went to the Air Force Academy in. Uh, Colorado Springs, and then I went to A and M and UT. So those are the like 
the colleges that I had really visited during that time. Okay. When I was looking at schools, um, and you know, as far as like what I expected, uh, no idea, no idea going into it, uh, what the challenges were going to be. Um, but when just, you were going to sorry, when you were going to go look at schools, it was for engineering, or was it still? Oh, it was just hey, we're in this area. There's this school. We'll go check it out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But okay. even then, you still even when you were looking for schools, you didn't have an idea of what you were going to do, or did you know? I didn't go to a school with the idea that I'm going to go check out this school's engineering program and learn everything about it yeah. and find out what the nuances of uh, applying for this. It was just, hey, this is a school. This is where you go to get a degree. You know, this is a college. This is where you go to, or university. This is where you go to get a degree, uh, and that was. That was the gist of it. It wasn't like, hey, this is why this school's better than this one, and they've got this program, and they do this. And I think looking back on that, that's one of the things that I wish I had done more of. Um, but uh, it's tough, man. As a, as a student, one, you don't, you know, you, you don't necessarily know uh, 100% that, hey, this is what I'm going to do. This yeah. is what I'm going to be doing. And even when you look at engineering, um, there's just so many different things. Like, if I were to go back to my high school self and say, hey, you're going to be doing this as a career, I'd have been like, that? What is that? Who does that? Yeah. Um, I would have had no idea. And then, oh, you're going to get a mechanical engineering degree to do this. Like, no, that, that wouldn't have made, any, made a whole lot of sense to me. So at some point you decide, okay, I'm going to do mechanical engineering. When would that? Or, wow. Uh, I think that was that was towards the end of my senior year, right? Right, like when hey, this is what you need to figure out what you're going to do. You're going to a school. What school did you end up to going first? Uh, I ended up going to UT. That was the school that I got accepted in, and part of that was because, like I mentioned before, the top ten percent. I got into the top 10% in okay. high school and you got this automatic acceptance into any public university that you uh, uh, applied to. Uh, and a big part of my decision was, hey, I'm already accepted into this university. They have a mechanical engineering degree program. Um, that's where I'm going to go. Like it's the path of least resistance. Okay. Uh, and it was a good school. I mean, it's a good university to get a, a degree from, but it was looking, you know, uh, looking back at it, there were things that I wasn't prepared for to go to a big university like that at okay. that point. There's things that I should have prepared myself for. One was how to be an effective and efficient studier, like how to study. Uh, the other one was uh, how to navigate uh, your social life with with uh, going to school. Uh, that was not too big of a problem. I think I, I did better than than some, uh, but I could have done better when I was at the. Was university. that on mute to you? Like, did, was that the classic? Like, oh my god, like I'm free, no that's, parents, that, I'm yeah. away from home. That's a big part I'm of in it. Austin. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was a big part of it. I, I, I think having having gone to uh, UTSA, so I ended up transferring to UTSA from UT because yeah. I had the uh, I, I got to a point uh, at UT where I could either um, continue stay at UT but change my major, go into a different program, 
or I could change schools and stay with my major. And so uh, I decided to, as I need to finish this. This is something that I started. Um, it's been challenging, but I find it interesting. So I'm going to keep my major and I'm going to end up okay. going to a different school. That's how I ended up at UTSA. But that was a big lesson for me in that, hey, I need to learn how to be a better student. And UTSA, I think, was a better place for me to learn that. Okay, so you went to the big show, ran into some life happened. Yeah, struggles. And, and yeah. struggles happened. And then, you you, you know, the, to, to get back on track, it was stick with the program, go to, the, to, to UTSA. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you have family in UTSA or no. no? No, 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 no one was there. I was going there alone. Didn't have any friends. Didn't yeah. know anybody there. Um, this was your how? How far into how? How far were you a sophomore? So I was a junior going into it. Junior, yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, sort of. Were you a super senior like me? Super senior, yeah. <laughs> super I, was a su- <laughs> I was a super senior when I graduated. I laughed so. because he did the air quotes. You can't see that because this is <laughs> But he did do the air quotes, and I'm like, all right, super senior. Hey, I got that tag too. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so so I, I get there. I don't know anyone. Um, I'm starting fresh. Uh, started off on the right foot, and uh, I remember my. One of my first classes uh, was with uh, Dr. Bagley. Do you remember? Bagley, Bagley. Doctor, he, he was the uh, differential equations, okay. yeah, statics, yeah. dynamics yeah. Uh, professor. Uh, and I remember one of the, the courses that I had with him, uh, he had told me, he's like, yeah, you shouldn't be taking this course because uh, you're, you haven't taken... Um, differential equations yeah i mean you need to be taking that and one of the things that uh i felt like i had accomplished was you know i was able to to study and i i finally figured that out uh and i was able to take both classes concurrently and i you know aced both classes so that was something that uh kind of got me in the right direction just putting me in the right direction I gained confidence in my ability to be able to do that and I felt like okay I think this is a good place for me okay and so and somewhere here I can't maybe this is as good as time as any to start talking about your student involvement right so I mean maybe I guess, did you do any student involvement? Yeah. Aside from partying? Well, I think... Any student involvement in Austin, or did it all start... Uh, I didn't do have any student that? involvement in Austin. I think that that might have changed some things. Like, the, there might have been some more resources that I would have had available to me. Okay. Um, and it might have changed my perspective a little bit, uh, as far as, like, okay, what am I here to do? Uh, but as soon as I got to UTSA, I, I met a group of people um, that were really involved uh really driven uh and it kind of really inspired me uh and you were one of those people yeah uh and so what year was this here we're gonna figure okay this was 2006 when i first got there six okay yeah so i met peter was one of the first people i met he was in my uh dynamics course okay peter was one of the first people i met uh and he got me involved in this uh and he was like literally like one of the first people that like spoke to me in my courses like knew nobody at UTSA this guy's like hey how are you doing uh you should be a part of this organization you should come to this event and I'm like yeah I didn't know this yeah as long and Peter Peter is another good friend of us I actually 
have a scheduled conversation with Peter in a few days. He's oh. he's in Hawaii, living at large. But anywho, so we'll hear his story <laughs> in the future. I didn't know that, nice. that Peter was the uh, he was the, the, the literally the, the, the promoter, first, the first person that I met at UTSA. Okay, um, and so he got me involved with an organization called Mayas. Uh, and they were uh, a social organization that was geared towards uh, Latinos that were in engineering and sciences uh, and it really changed my perspective on a couple of things one uh, I hadn't met a whole lot of Latinos that were in engineering and sciences yeah. like coming from from uh, U, uh, UT I mean that your demographics for the, the course weren't uh, weren't quite like that as compared to UTSA and I think that's another thing that really helped is that culturally uh, I felt like I could fit in a little bit better at that university okay. um, and so this organization that's 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 geared to doing all of this stuff uh, had a lot of people that were in courses I could network with them I could uh, study with them I could uh, socialize with them. There was a lot of things that were uh, positive about being part of this organization yeah. that helped me out in my school uh, career. And and then they also did professional development, which is something that I had no idea that, hey, this is something that you need to be doing when you're in college. Yeah. Uh, you need to be developing your professional uh, side. I was, you know, academics is uh, always something that I thought was like, well, this is why you're going to college, but you're also having to do this professional development business because the whole point of going to college is to become a professional. That's apparently the end game, but maybe people don't talk about it enough. <laughs> if you're not in a student organization is what I found out. Like if you were to be in college and you take out the student org, you it, it, it becomes very much just like a bunch of material with uh, a degree in mind at the end, but maybe not what you're going to apply it to. Yeah, I so. can see that. I agree with that. So let's go back. So you, you, you know, you get introduced to Mayas. Uh, you start getting involved. I kind of want to pick that apart. Like I, I always talk to people about the evolution from becoming a freeloading pizza eater to actually a productive, you know, member, or even in, in like in your case, and you know, it, it, even becoming an officer. So talk to me about what you know, what you, yeah, yeah, how how what you did, and so, what all positions you held. So shortly, shortly after joining the organization, uh, joining Mayas, there was another organization that was. On on campus called SHEP, uh, Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers. Yeah. And uh, Peter had uh, been working pretty closely with them as well. They were on the wayside uh, at the university. Their chapter was about to become extinct. Really? Yeah. At UTSA? Yes. I didn't know this. There was, uh, the officers had all left the previous year, and there was no new officers. Uh, so it was uh, me and uh, uh, one other uh, uh, student at the time who were looking at, hey, you know, we're going to be a part of this. Peter really pushed me. He's like, hey, you should keep this organization going. It's a good organization. You should be a part of their um professional or not professionally you should be a part of their uh keyboard keyboard yeah yeah so you know i was like ah you know i'm still in classes i don't know if i could dedicate a whole lot of time to this and at some point uh you know looking 
the, the argument was made that if you're part of the e-board, you get a lot more visibility when you go to these conferences and you apply, you're going to have a lot more visibility and it's a really good, uh, it's a really good move. And so that ended up kind of, uh, sealing the deal. It's like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll be a part of this. Yeah. Uh, and we got a, just a really active group of students that, that, uh, also wanted to be a part of it. I have no idea what we did. Like if I could go back and say, this is what we did to get these people involved. And all of them were, uh, all of them were super active and passionate about what they did. I have no idea how it was just uh, happenstance yeah. that that we got these people, and then by having them together and having this group of you know excited, passionate people, uh, they brought in more people, and they brought in more people, and the organization grew. I think we had from taking. Uh, like two or three people to the national conference to taking almost 20 people the next, the subsequent year. Yeah. Uh, so that, I mean, that was, that was huge. And, and it just kind of snowballed into everything else. Yeah. Um, that organization ended up doing a lot of things with Mayas. We all ended up doing a lot of things with Nesby. And, and eventually we all did a lot of things with SWE. Uh, we had the science extravaganza that we were all part of. Yes. I remember um, that. Yeah. Um, and there were just a lot of, uh, a lot of events. I think this is kind of like a point in time at at UTSA where you just had all of these student organizations kind of coming together and, and build something. We started the first, um, we started the first, uh, engineering week where we had a whole week of events that were planned. That was something that hadn't been done prior to, uh, prior to this, um, this group of people just kind of coming together. So, uh, and I want to kind of, you know, emphasize, right. We said transitions, part of this is transitions. And what I like about, about your story and, and, and there was a clear, like, when I say clear, it's easy to say, say that now, but there was that transition from, okay, I got into college, I got slapped in the face. I need to make an adjustment. Uh, you made the adjustment, and then you started to. I think the guidance maybe was always there, right? But you started to hey, pay attention to it and apply. You know, say you did. Yes, there was some stuff that hey, people. You met Peter, and they started getting you involved with this stuff. But once you saw that the benefit was there, you kind of took, got with it, and 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 ran with it. And I think that's uh, it's important to kind of to, to I guess say pause and 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 say. Um, that didn't some of the things fell on your lap but there was definitely a clear mental thing for you I think right maybe I don't want to put words in your mouth but that where you said there was a decision that was made that things are going to be different yeah yeah uh, I think you know you, you, you come to a point where uh, you, you struggled you've, you've really had a hard time and you've got to make a change in order to, to keep going or else you know you're going to fail and you make a decision and you run with it. And from there, you know, uh, you just keep on making decisions. Okay, this worked. Let's do this now, or let's apply yourself to this or, okay, I'm going to be a part of this, uh, e-board. Uh, I'm going to go to this conference. Okay. I'm going to apply to this, uh, research position. And I wouldn't have done any of that, uh, not necessarily on my own, but had I not, had I not had these, 
points, these decision points where I was like, okay, I need to make a change. Yeah, because time and so just to, again, this whole time in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, so where did we meet and how exactly did I come in based on the dates that you're saying? I think, I think because in parallel to this, in the 2005 2006 time, this is when Manny's deciding that he's going to get back into school and he's done being broke and he can't support a family with what he's doing. So, anyway, so I'm at, you know, down the street at San Antonio College and you know, getting involved there and, and, and doing the great stuff that we did there. And I don't want to bog the, bog the conversation with that. But uh, at some point, I ended up going to UTSA. And I, by the time uh, when I met you, because I remember this, like, okay, this is a guy, you know, he's, he's active and he's a grad student. And I remember, don't ask me why I remember this, but there was this uh, one time, I can't even tell you what Peter and I were doing, but we were looking for Gabe and Gabe was in, you know, I think you were in the lab or you were in one space that uh, oh, it was, you. It was like a closet, right? Yes. <laughs> that, was, that was my research office. Yes. <laughs> but that's funny that you call it a closet in a research space. But this whole time, get it, I'm in general population trying to find a nook and cranny to study in. And I was one of these like. I can't study in a group all the time. Like, and the library was always chock full of people that, that had nothing to do with engineering. The library was far away, you know, relative to where the engineering building was. And there's this freaking guy that has this broom closet all to himself. <laughs> and, remember, and so one of the benefits of knowing gay was like access to this broom closet. <laughs> no, no, seriously. This was like a uh, uh, six by probably 10 foot space, right? It's probably, no, it's probably like eight feet and six, eight by 10 foot space. <laughs> and be a little bit more generous here. Okay. That had that had a sink, like a floor sink okay. in one of the corners. And then it had a couple of shelves and then two computer and a desk. And that was all that could fit in there. But that was the, that was the research space that I had for, uh, for my, uh, <laughs> my master's for, for your master but then again right so i'm coming into utsa i had previously met peter uh at a at a, at a leadership conference and that's the whole story we'll save it for when i talk to mm -hmm. to peter but it, it's uh you know so I'm, i knew this guy and then so he was one of, of course going into utsa i gravitated with the people that i, I had gone to to school with sack and then of course i knew peter so then that's when i started getting involved uh, with some stuff. The difference, like we had talked about this at dinner, by the time I got to UTSA, I was in, I was national office with Mayas. Yeah. So I didn't uh, do too many of the things on campus. Like I didn't get on the, on an e-board or I wasn't part of the Mayas officers because I was a national student representative right, right. Uh, for, for the region. Plus it was convenient for me for all the things we talked about, right? Because all the activities and social stuff, having family, I couldn't keep up with that. So it was just a different stage. Yeah. But that's when we started to uh, meet each other. And I think it was probably in that, uh, I guess it must have been 2007, 2008. Uh, yeah, probably 2008. Yeah. I'd say 2008. And I believe... 2008 well there's a period of like three years where our symposium was at like las vegas so <laughs> so i'm not going to talk about that but okay. i met you at utsa and then i really met you at, at symposium. <laughs> see there's you really got to know me in las vegas yeah see but. there's periods of time where you meet somebody but then you really meet somebody this uh, is true 
And and I think uh, from from that point, that's where you know you develop a really good relationship with someone when you when you have that kind of uh, just you know uh, you just click you know you find someone that you're like hey I, this person is doing good things or this person is has got a, a, a really good head on themselves and yeah and there was other faces in that mix too right that you know when I think of you know Peter and you have Miguel and you have you know get you know you and and uh, Mike can too like there's some faces there that you and, and those are guys that didn't even go to UTSA but that we got to know through Mayas that when we were students that we well and we all live in different places but you still I mean we've seen each other and we'll get to that right because there was some stuff we co-chaired and we did together for Maya's as professionals at the yeah, national yeah. level so we'll get to that but uh, again like some of these relationships that you build and here we are you know uh, talking and and I don't know I think that's that's one of the, the great things that 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 where that that student organization and what came from it still continues to pay off well, yeah. in a sense so so going back to going back to that right so uh one of the things that uh that i had done or that our organization or that that we had done as as part of shep when we were um an undergraduate was we had invited out the uh, careers counselor from utsa to come and speak to our uh our general meeting uh, before we went to the Shep National Conference, right? So we wanted to make sure that all of our members could uh, have a good resume before they went out because we knew that was important. Uh, and then we wanted to make sure that uh, they knew how to interview and how to have ask the right questions at a uh, uh, career fair. And so we invited, uh, I forget her name, uh, but uh, I know, I know she, uh, she was uh, really uh, excited to come out and speak with us. And uh, shortly after that, about a, a year or so after that, she ends up going to a different company. And she left UTSA and she went to a company called Booz Allen Hamilton. And she was back at UTSA as a recruiter. And I remember running into her and in, in saying, hey, you know, I, I was part of Shep. We asked you to come out and speak at, uh, at one of our general. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember you all. And I just, I just wanted to thank you for, again for coming out and, and speaking to us. And, you know, right now, uh, you know, I'm a, a graduate student. I'm looking for an internship uh, while I'm doing this. Uh, you know, this is something that uh, uh, I think I could be a, a good part of your, uh, your organization. Uh, and I ended up getting an interview with them and eventually yeah. ended up getting the internship. But it just kind of goes full circle that uh, when you when you start, uh, when you you're looking at your network, you're you're uh, expanding that you're getting involved. There's it, it creates a web uh, that eventually, you know, you'll you'll tap into or. You might see someone again and you'll have another opportunity with that person. And I think that's been kind of like a consistent theme in uh, things that I've done and where I've ended up. Okay. So look, so then, yeah. So, hey, you get into a student org, you get involved, you start to get professionally developed, you start to actually apply the networking stuff. I mean, for you, it worked. I mean, you met somebody, right? You, you, you um, end up building this relationship and you end up getting this internship that... Hey, let's talk. Here's another transition point. Now, 
gave the professional. So let's start uh, talking about what was it like and where your first job at, uh, what is it? Booz, Booz Allen. Booz Allen. Yeah. And what did you do there? And then let's start, let's, let's work our way till, uh, till where you're at today. Yeah. So, so that internship was, was, was kind of funny, uh, because I, I didn't really know what I was going to be doing kind of going into it. It was pretty vague as to like what they needed and, and what position I'd be in. Uh, there was a lot of, uh, filing, you know, I kind of felt like, oh, man, you know, I wanted to do engineering stuff and here I am reviewing these documents and filing a bunch of stuff. And this is not something that, um, uh, I thought I'd really see myself doing. Um, but I understood, hey, this is what they need me to do right now because it's important to whatever project. And I'm an intern, so obviously, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> intern work. Yeah, intern work. But eventually, they started giving me bigger projects. They started uh, having me um, do some uh, data analysis for them, look at uh, trends for um, certain uh, projects that were going on. And that really got interesting. And then I got into that. Uh, uh, part of the the uh, job, and that kind of took off too because I got in part of I got in charge of uh, a project that was managing KPIs, uh, key performance indicators for specific projects. Uh, how you're going to uh, keep track of all of this, inputting the data, creating a uh, user interface to do all of this stuff, and that really got me kind of interested. So. Uh, eventually they ended up offering me a full-time position like hey we want you to come on this is what you want me uh, we, we want you to do uh, to work on these projects uh, and that uh, I you know I was working with another team with uh, some really good people that I uh, liked working with and that was kind of uh, uh, interesting transition going from uh, student because I was still going to graduate school at the time oh, okay yeah and yeah, so yeah. making the decision to go to uh, a full-time employee and go to graduate school um was uh challenging because i was like well i still have to figure out how i'm going to finish this uh and one of the the more difficult things and this is something that had happened uh during during graduate school my professor ended up um leaving the university and so i was kind of in this weird oh i remember what? i was in this weird position where i'd have to start my thesis over again uh and i wasn't uh i wasn't 100 percent confident about that and i was also struggling because now uh i'm working almost full time yeah. and having to work on my masters. So I ended up putting my masters on hold, uh, and started working full time. Um, and so the full time role. So what was, what was the full time role? It was with the same company in San Antonio. Yeah. And this what time, was the role? this time it was working with the air force civil engineer at the air force civil engineering center. So I was working directly with one of the project managers, um, managing all of their contractors. So we were like a contractor oversight supervisor. So okay. we manage all of the contractors for the different uh, restoration programs they had going on at the different bases. Uh, worked with a lot of uh, different engineers. Uh, so it, was, it was like execute, like 
oversight of the operation of what they were doing, or was it also contracts and whatever safety programs and all kinds yeah, of other all stuff? Yeah, all, all of that. So it was, all it was uh, project execution, uh, project management, um, and uh, reviewing a lot of the technical documents. Okay, this is what they had done. Uh, so it's kind of going back to, to reviewing these things. And meantime, my background's in mechanical engineering, yeah. not, not environmental restoration. So I'm looking at these things from like, uh, you know, you're drinking from a fire hose trying to learn all of this stuff about a, a, a new subject that you have very limited background information on. So how'd you get, how'd you get through that? Uh, I had a lot of resources that I could go to. Uh, I had a lot of people that had been working in the industry. My manager at the time uh, had a lot of background in that, and uh, I could tap on a lot of these people. I mean, they had a really a wealth of uh, knowledge at uh, at Booz Allen. They had a lot of PhDs that were working there, so you could really go to someone and be like, "Hey, I don't fully understand this. Can you explain it to me?" And they're like, "Yeah, here. This is." why this is important. This is the numbers that you have to look at for this particular uh, project or for this particular type of restoration. Uh, And so it was different and I was learning a lot and I really enjoyed that. And I think that's part of the reason why the job was so exciting to me was because I got to learn while I was working. And that's, that's something that uh, was always, you know, uh, I enjoy learning Studying is, is one thing I really enjoy learning. Studying is difficult, but learning is uh, learning is really easy for me. So, so wait, that's interesting. I haven't. I don't think I've ever heard someone like separate the two. Can you? What does that mean to you? Like when you say studying versus learning? Uh, so the way the way I saw studying was you're going through, you're reviewing this, and you're doing a lot of memorization for a particular. Uh, a particular problem, right? Whereas learning, I feel like you're going through the problem, you're uh, you're understanding how the problem affects other things, right? So it's not just uh, an isolated, it's not an isolated thing, it is part of a bigger picture, okay? And you're learning how that problem fits into the bigger picture, as opposed to just studying uh, in an isolated uh, area. Yeah. So I get that. Okay. I think, uh, and, and for me studying was, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to memorize how to do this problem. So when I see this problem on a test, I'll memorize how to do that. Um, as opposed to, um, learning as to why that, that is important in a bigger picture. Yeah. It's like you can be, there's, being good, a good test taker doesn't necessarily mean that you're a good learner, right? Right. Yeah, you can. Anyway, so I get that. Um, all right. So you were in that role, and then uh, what was what did you do afterwards? Because I know you've had several. You worked at yeah. So gotta, let me back up. Let me just kind of ping it. I want to get to you're, you're currently in Midland, and somewhere in here, <laughs> yeah. I want to talk about life in Midland. How did you Midland. get there? How did you get to How did you get to Midland? So let's kind of, let's fast forward a little bit and get to that. Yeah. So I, I got to a certain point with with Booz Allen that hey, I I don't think I'm going to be going very far. Uh, I think there's there's a ceiling based on my knowledge, my background, because uh, I wasn't necessarily a good fit. It was a good opportunity, but I probably wasn't a good fit for that organization. Okay. Uh, and I got a point to, during my uh, 
graduate career or graduate school, uh, I made some contacts and network there that eventually led to this opportunity in Midland. So one of my uh, friends that I had met in graduate school, Adrian Castro, had uh, worked with, I researched, I, I studied with him. Um, we took several classes together. You know, we both struggled in these courses. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we both, I think, worked really well with each other. Uh what he liked about that, you know, he wanted to bring me over to uh, this company that he was working for because, like I said, we, you know, we, we clicked really well. Yeah. We liked working with each other. Network. Yeah. Again. <laughs> Friendships, network. So he, he told me about this opportunity. Um, it was going to be more design uh, focused. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was going to be using a lot more of my mechanical background, uh, everything that I'd learned. And uh, there was going to be a significant, a significant jump in pay as well. So this is another opportunity mm-hmm. where, hey, you know, I've, I've, I'm at a point, you know, where I'm looking at wanting to start a family. I, I need to be, uh, I need to be so far uh, within my career financially to, to be able to, to do that and not struggle. Uh, and so. You know, this was a, a pretty uh, good opportunity for me to do that. So I, I made the decision. It wasn't something, again, this wasn't something that I saw myself going into uh, oil and gas. You know, it wasn't a career path that I'd really um, saw myself yeah. in. Um, but at the same time, I understood, hey, there's a lot of opportunity in this. And so let's explore it. Let's go. It's going to be another challenge. Uh, it's going to be something new. And we'll we'll see how it goes. She so, said let's. There's plural. There's somebody else? Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so I, I got married um, while I was uh, working at uh, Booz Allen. So I got married in 2013. And what's your name, Kate? <laughs> my wife's name's Katie. <laughs> and we have uh, a daughter named Eleanor, who's two now. Uh, and we we moved. Uh, the first year was kind of a challenge because my my wife didn't want to leave San Antonio. And so let before and look, you, you you talk about Eleanor, Eleanor, but let's pause on that for a second, right? So you got married, but how long had you? Had you and Katie been, been dating? <laughs> Man, you got to put me on the spot. <laughs> you can't. This isn't going to go on, no. right? No. We dated for uh, seven years before we got married. Okay, so but the point I was making, you had a relationship, right? That was there while you were juggling school, and maybe that wasn't the best way for me to tee it up. <laughs> but you had right, so you were you were doing also life and and have this relationship, and 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 you mentioned there there was another transition point where you're like, hey, I got to start thinking about family and putting a ring on it, and 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 so on, right? So right. so let's let let's go back to that. Let's back, back and and talk about the importance and we talked a little bit about this in dinner right but i want to explore that and say hey how do you come to a decision about leaving san antonio and what she was doing and what you were doing to go to uh, midland yeah so i think um one of the things that that um we both wanted for our family was for uh her to be able to stay at home uh, and to raise children. Um, I think that was really important for me because uh, 
uh, I didn't necessarily get that opportunity and I didn't think it was the way I was raised was uh, uh, any different um, whether or not my mom or uh, dad had stayed at home and, and done that but I think uh, allowing for the opportunity to do that would uh, foster a, a a good relationship between uh, her uh, and our, our, our children yeah. and myself. And that's something that she wanted to do and I wanted to uh, be able to support that. Yeah. So that that decision was something that we both came to and was like, hey, this is something that we need to uh, reinvestigate because right now I can't do that where I'm at. And this is an opportunity that will allow us to do that. So you know, we decided to, okay, let's, let's, let's do, it. do it. This is what we're going to do. And, uh, the first time I took her out to Midland, uh, she cried on the way in because, uh, if anybody listening has ever been to Midland, it's not the, it's not the prettiest, uh, it's not the most, uh, scenic place to, to visit. And, uh, there's dust everywhere. Uh, it's, it was it just a, uh, uh, wild west town, it's basically. Diff- yeah, I mean, it's, it's different from it's San different. Antonio. It's different. It's less green. Yeah. Uh, so, so she, she kind of struggled with that and she had also just started her, uh, new career path, which she started as a, a librarian. So she had gotten her master's in library science. She started as a librarian. She'd been doing that for two years. Uh, and she had just gotten at the school that was, you know, really amazing. She had a really good, uh, uh, principal that she was working with. And then I get this opportunity and we've got to leave. And now she's kind of like, why do a I've got, why do I have to leave this? Yeah. So that was, that was kind of difficult to navigate that. And she still had, uh, when I moved out to Midland, she still had half a year left. So she didn't want to leave halfway through the year. She wanted to finish out the year. Uh, or she had just started her second year. I should say she didn't have half a year left. She had just started her second year. So I was in Midland for almost a year, uh, going back and forth did the long distance Midland and San Antonio. Yeah. For the first, first year of our marriage basically uh so that was uh that was very challenging but again we had set uh, a goal that we wanted to to do which was you know hey we need to be in a position where i can support the family uh on one income and this is something that we're willing to do for that so uh and 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 it's and 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 again, some of the listeners are students and some of the listeners are professionals, I guess. And, and, and I knew that about you where you had, you know, done this, this long distance thing and you guys had it made, you made the decision to go to Midland, which is another reason I wanted to talk to you because there's a portion of, uh, of, of folks, right, that do have significant others and that, you know, come career time or come moves, you got to make some decisions. Like for Alyssa and I, uh, we were in San Antonio and I was, uh, you know, I was a, uh, a sophomore, no, a junior, super junior, right in college. And Exxon Mobil wants me to do an internship. And we had already talked about, look, I, we, I couldn't 
we had always talked about the need for an internship and we said we're going to postpone it as long as we can because during the summers I had to work and so on and then we had even said well look they'll send me to Baytown or Beaumont at least it's Texas but when the time came it was like Baton Rouge and it's like holy smokes right and then so uh, I started to see the writing on the wall that said man I'm doing good and if I do good they're going to want there's a possibility of full time work in Baton Rouge and so that was another part of the discussion that we had to have and by that point we we had uh, we had um, uh, Jordan and Fabian, right? So there's two two that we start talking about the you know the whole family making the move. And the point I'm trying to get to is there was a lot of discussion between two people and agreements and 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 compromises or however you want it. There there's no I cannot see a scenario where it works when you have a significant other and you're not on. Maybe, maybe not necessarily the same page, but at least the same chapter, right? And, I, and yes, the unicorn to me is always being consistently on the same page, on the same line, on the same word. But in reality, it's more like, okay, are we at least in the same chapter? Are we at least both agreeing that longer term, this is going to be good? You can't focus on the short term. Like you can't say that the, like the long distance is going to suck or you got, you know, I'm sure... You know, Katie had to get past that initial crying into 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 Midland. Like you have to keep your eye on the bigger prize. And I know when we left for uh, from San Antonio to Baton Rouge, uh, we had our. And for me, part of when I talk, like the slap in the face to me, the culture shot came afterwards. Once I was there permanently, yeah, right. So even now I'm at the, again I was a super senior but I was also older in life so now I'm 29 years old getting slapped in the face having to deal with this culture shock that I had never dealt with before on top of I just moved the whole family and but I think what made it work was the fact that Alyssa and I were on yeah. the same page right? yeah that's so. very important that's very important uh, I don't think those decisions can be made uh, independently yeah. right they, they definitely have to be uh, a joint decision uh, and you know if she had said no then you know we would have figured out a way to make it work a different way but this was just the opportunity that presented itself at the time uh, and it was a good opportunity so we we ran with it so you're in mid how long have you been in Midland I've been in Midland for six years six years six years yeah okay so what's life what's life in Midland now uh, you know I, I think I think it's it's more of a I know what I'm here to do uh, and I'm going to get it done and you make good friends out there there's, there's people out there you start a network yeah. uh you know there's there's uh uh a lot of industry related um people they're all doing the same thing that you're doing they're trying to make a life they're trying to to do better for themselves and i think you know knowing that uh really brings a community together uh you know you can run into someone at heb uh or you know at a restaurant somewhere and you know like oh uh i know what they're doing they're they're likely in oil and gas or yeah. something related to it and it's something that uh it's it's kind of nice because it's like you, you know someone everywhere you go yeah. um so yeah so i mean there's life there like i mean not only for you but also for 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 katie yeah and, and then that's where our daughter was born yeah. you know, she was born out there so we we move out from san antonio um you know we start our family out there 
uh, we've got uh, a two-year-old little girl now who's uh, going on 20. <laughs> okay, so, so, and I remember, so let's back up, right? So you, uh, I know you say we're starting a family, but man, you know, it's not, I remember, it's not real till it's real. Like at some point, someone, hey, we're pregnant. Okay, so what was, I mean, again, that had to, again, this is all about transitions. So yeah, you've prepared for this. Now it's, 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 it's game time. Yeah. Uh, what, let, let's slow that down. Let's talk about that. Gabe finding out he's going to be a dad and, and let's work up to Gabe the dad. So, uh, you know, finding out, you know, we knew because it wasn't a surprise to us. You yeah. know, we were, we were trying to, to, uh, start a family. Uh, so when it finally became a reality, uh, you know, we were, we were really excited. You know, my wife was, had, had moved, she'd gotten a job as a librarian out there. Um, that was a little tough. I think she had a lot of stress out there because the school systems were completely different from uh-huh. San Antonio. Uh, it was a lot more challenging for her out there. So she did have a lot of stress. Um, and man, power to her. Cause she stayed, um, she stayed with that job, even though she, she could have stayed at home. She stayed with that job all the way. Her last day was uh, the day before she delivered. Wow. Uh, so, and that was the last day of school. So she actually scheduled it intentionally like that because uh, you got an attendance bonus for being there uh so many days within the school year. So each quarter you got a bonus, right? So she she stays there. Last day is uh, the day before she's uh, the last day of school, and then she schedules uh, the delivery for that, which you know power power to her. She like, powered through that right to the to the end. Yeah, yeah, uh, and. You know, at that time, this had been kind of really a weird time for my career because uh, there was a downturn right in the middle of that spot. So, 2014 to 2016, uh, one of the biggest downturns um, in U.S. drilling. uh, And I had worked with uh, one company for three years uh, on the drilling side, and then... uh, as that company started getting affected by the downturn, uh, I had another opportunity to go into uh, sales. And I had been wanting to move into sales because I saw that as a more... Um, I think there was a lot of skills that I had that kind of lent itself to that. Okay. And I wanted to explore that. Um, and so there's another complete transition right there is going from uh, more of an engineering role to a sales role. Um, and that was a contract position. Uh, it didn't have insurance, which I was like, okay, I'm exploring this, but at the same time, this is probably not a good idea for me because I'm about to have a family and my wife's about to stop working. And so we probably need need benefits, man. Yeah. (laughs) That's what you're thinking. So I ended up working for, uh, a startup. So 2017, uh, before my daughter is born, and then shortly after that, I ended up at three different companies. Okay. So uh, I left the one that I had started with out in Midland. I explored this this contract position in sales. Realized, hey, this is not a good idea. Went to a startup company. Uh, that was 
uh, I was doing something similar. I was still doing like a sales capacity, but I was also doing the same thing role that I was doing at the uh, previous one. It was a well planning, so well design, okay. uh, doing well trajectories. Uh, and then that company went under. So it's a startup. It was a startup. It was a startup. So I go from having from changing careers, basically. I mean, changing uh, roles to having a family to being unemployed uh, in the span of like six months. Yeah. Uh, so this was kind of like, well, you know, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? Uh, I ended up working for another uh, company as a uh, uh, going back to the role that I had previously had. So I was no longer doing sales. I was doing purely uh, design work. Okay. And uh, and that company that was going really well. Uh, and that company went under. And so one of the things that I learned, the, the lesson that I learned out of all of that was, you know, there's. There's no such thing as a safe industry to be in. I mean, even at Booz Allen, they had their own challenges there yeah. with uh, job security. Your only job security is yourself. You are your job security, you and your work ethic. Uh, so one of the things that, that really helped me out there uh, was understanding, okay, I know what I'm capable of doing. I know what I've done for other companies. Um, and... I know what I can do, uh, and then having the network that I developed out there. I mean, yeah, and I was look, fortunate, and I've and I've heard that. And with like you talked about, hey, you were with three or four different companies, and and, and maybe we're not saying it, but uh, it wasn't like you were getting fired. No, right? no, it's, no. Uh, there, there's the, I mean, that's the industry in Midland, right? That's the oil and gas right now. There's a there's a, like money to be made, startups that come online that go offline it's not and, uncommon it's not and, uncommon and there's a, you you mentioned the downturn and 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 for those that are listening hey it's a cyclical business right there's going to be times where everything's great and then it's going to be times when things are not so great and then they it tends to cycle yeah right and it's 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 yeah, so it goes up and down that's so. that's another thing that i i didn't really know kind of going into it uh, I knew there were booms and busts. I didn't know the frequency of the booms yeah. and busts, right? I didn't understand the industry 100%. I just knew, like, hey, there's this opportunity. It's good. But I didn't look into the risks that were yeah. that, that, that came with it. Um, that's... But that, even with that, right? Just, just Sorry to interrupt you, but you said, hey, somewhere in there... As you're transitioning and learning about yourself, you're like, okay, I am my brand, right? I am my, my net, like, you own it, right? Your development, you're owning the, you understanding that you have to be active with whoever your supervisors are. You're having to build this network. You're having to develop yourselves in skills, whether it's actual technical or sales to, right, right. to work even so that you can be valuable in that type of environment, right? So, I mean, it's still... I mean, you're still there, so things are things are good, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, what was fortunate for me was right before right before that uh, the one company had had gone under, I'd been approached by uh, my current employer, Tenaris, uh, that they were looking for someone out there in this role for uh, a technical sales role, uh, and this kind of like this was something that was like. This would be great. This 
kind of marries the two things that I've been doing or been trying to do. Um, and so I was really excited to, to get that offer, um, to get recruited like that. And right before, you know, right before the, the company went under, I was able to smoothly just kind of <laughs> start with, uh, start with these guys. Um, uh, but that was, that was just a period of time where it's like, Hey, you're not you're not don't have to worry about how um how the industry how a company's doing because i'm confident enough in what i'm able to do what i can do that i can market this to anybody really yeah and look you said market right that, that implies a lot right but you're able to and i'm picking apart you know this but i'm just picking it apart for the listener that says hey when you say market, that means you're able to concisely vocalize like the experiences you've had and tie, you know, tie it to skills, right? And then plug it in or connect it to whatever your next employer's needs are. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That 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 uh, it's one word called marketing yourself. Marketing. But, but that implies you're treating yourself as a brand, you're treating yourself as a business, right? Like you are uh, and, and you have some control of what, what happens versus like, well, man, this is just the economy. And I guess I, this is just the way life is. No, it, it's really, it shouldn't be that way. No. It doesn't and, need to be that way. And, you know, I think you, you we're, we're here at this point, you know, right now, when you look back at, when you look back at, at all of this, uh, the understanding that, hey, my college, my degree is an investment in my brand. Yeah. Right. So what I'm doing, the experiences that I'm exposing myself to or the experiences that I'm, I'm um, becoming a part of is part of that brand. Everything that led up to my understanding of my career and myself now has been developing that brand yeah. starting at college. Didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> didn't know that oh this is I'm doing this because it's an investment and I chose this particular degree because it has good dividends it has good return on investment and I stuck with it because I knew that this is going to have a payout at some point and I got involved in this because I knew it was going to help expose myself and my brand. And so all of that was building the brand, but understanding that what that was didn't happen until about two years ago. Right? Wow. Uh, wow. That's something that that's where you can tell like, Hey, that's when it all kind of started to come together. Yeah. Or you really could see it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause everything up to that point I felt like was, yeah, I'm doing this because I have to get to this point or I have to get to this point. I have to have a job so I can start a family so I can make, you know, uh, have a career. And, you know, this is points that I'm working towards, not necessarily like, Hey, you're doing this because it's going to give you this opportunity at some point and yeah. you're doing this because it's uh i never really looked at it like that until like i said about a, a couple of years ago mm. and now it's like hey it's coincide with fatherhood 
Yeah, probably. Maybe. maybe. I Uh, told you. I remember when you told me, and I was like, it changes you. That's all I could tell you. Like, there was nothing else I could say. No, you're right. Like, like, you know, it's not prepared for this. They don't come with handbooks. It was like, it's going to change you. It changes your perspective. Your perspective, I think, is the biggest thing. It makes it even longer term. Like, it's no longer... You know, just here immediate. Like, you know, it sounded like even for your story and even for mine, like I started to have this longer term vision at some point. But the minute you have you throw kids in the mix, it gets even longer. Right. You're you're, you're at least you're forced to, to look a little bit beyond that. But anyway, so I kind of want to get us back. So uh, we still haven't talked about what the hell you do. Like we, just, <laughs> we just know you're out in Midland. Right. And you're working for Tanaris. Right. Yeah. So let's let's. Uh, and again, I I didn't want to do this for every single job. So, but I, no, 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 yeah, yeah, certainly no, for sense. this one, I kind of want to. All right. So, what is your current role? What are you currently doing? Let, let's talk about that. So, uh, I'm the technical sales manager out uh, for the Permian Basin, which is you know one of the largest uh, uh, drilling oil and gas areas in the U.S. Um, and my role really it breaks down into three things. We, we educate, we uh, advocate, and we validate. So we educate our customers on what it is that uh, the products that we provide. We uh, advocate for them if there's any issues that they run into using these products, and then we validate any designs that they have questions about um, via modeling, engineering analysis. So that really, like, if you were to to break my roll down into the most basic components that's what it is uh i manage a team out there uh which again this is like my first management real management uh yeah. role uh and so that changes a lot of things when you're looking at your career too because now you're not just looking at your career but you're also looking at the careers of the people that are under you and and how your decisions influence those people's careers uh, and the things that you do. And I think also being um, being a father kind of influences how I look at that because now I don't feel like, hey, you know, I'm not looking just at myself. I'm looking at at uh, how this is going to impact these people. Yeah, uh, it, it gives you a different, again, you know, a different perspective on on how you manage in my opinion i don't know if you know other people might look at it differently and look and i and 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 i like what you're saying right and and then even when we were talking at dinner where you say hey this is my first time doing it there's still a lot of unanswered unanswered questions right we still got you you know that uh there's still development and transitions that continue to happen uh and and, but i think you, you you have an approach that's worked for you where you're going to surround yourself with a network, ask some right questions, right? We had some conversations at dinner about my experience as a supervisor, but I, but, but I did want to, uh, kind of discuss a little bit with you. Um, when people like right now that, we're, that I've, I've met people that are students or even when I was in college, people around me were like, yeah, I want to be a leader. Right. And I want to be in charge. You know, I want to be a manager. I want to be a I always you know, supervisor. Like, Personally, I don't think people realize what they're asking for. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I, I've I've noticed that it, some people want that position, or or they're they're looking for that because they feel like they need to be kind of over 
controlling uh, the uh, they need to have power. I think that's really what it comes down to. You're yeah. looking for like a power situation where like, hey, you know, I need, I want to be a leader because I can have, it'll provide me with, with power. Uh, I, I think you see that um, in some people. I think students that kind of uh, go into these like leadership positions, um, some of them, some of them, I think, you know, they might, they might be doing it for, uh, to film like, hey, I, I need to figure out how I'm going to convince a group of people to work towards a common goal. Like, that's that's something that uh, uh, I think part of part of the going into to leadership at a, a university level, you know, yeah. is, is part of. But I think the other part of it is um, like, hey, you know, I need to be a leader because someone told me that I need to have leadership as a skill. On, <laughs> I need to go. have leadership as a skill on my resume. Uh, and so I'm going to uh, be a leader for, for this position and maybe might not have the right uh, um, concept. And I did see that. So as a student, like in hindsight comments, right? It's like, hey, I think people especially those that like you and I that were officers, right? And some people see that as like, well, this is what leadership is. But uh, it's it's a form of, but if you think about like what the struggles are as in a student chapter sometimes, it's like, you know, you, you got to make the meeting happen. You got to make the fundraiser, you know, the barbecue or the taco cell work. And really it's about just executing stuff and making it happen. And you happen to either people listen to you or you happen to be the most, you know, vocal. have the most energy, be the most vocal, and that turns into results, uh, and they, that tends to be carried with some. So I'll tell you, like, when I got, uh, got my first supervisor gig, and now I had engineers under me, and we would talk about, you know, at their performance reviews, what, what are you thinking? It's like, I want to be a supervisor. And I would ask the question of as to why, and I did find that some were like, what? Like, why? Like, that's that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, that's, that's my next. Do. That's my next step. You climb the ladder. You come in. You're an individual contributor, and boom, then you become a leader. But uh, then you don't uh, realize what it is. For me, and I get, yes, I had those questions when the, I became a supervisor. But prior to that, because I got involved and had mentors, uh, I had a discussion. There was you know one supervisor I had who would who would say uh, he shared his experiences, and it's like look. When you get in and you're in charge of people, and I kind of said, uh, uh, I don't know that we uh, talking to you, talking to Blaulieu, but I was like, hey, there makes a difference. Once you start dealing with people and having to know their problems and who's got problems at home and who's got health issues and who's trying to make life work and like that. So there's a whole other aspect to being in charge that is completely separate from delivering on results, right? And and you'll see it, and people see it like, oh, it's about the people or whatever, and, and be, be trying to influence people is where it's at. But I, I I think you even touched on it. I see a lot of people get into leadership for the wrong reasons. They want the title. That's what you're supposed to do. And I've always been loud and vocal, and I can make stuff happen and think that that's going to carry them for a long time. I don't think that's the case. Right? Yeah. So, and I know it's your first, your, your first go, but I'll just my. I don't know how this turned into a, 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 into this kind of conversation, but I think your head's in the right space is what I would tell you. Yeah, and and I think getting there took a lot of uh, 
drawing from these experiences with these organizations, yeah. right? See, being uh, being in a role where, hey, uh, I'm I'm learning how to take a group of people that have like-minded, you know, they're like-minded, trying to determine a goal, like, hey, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? What's the whole point of all of this? And then trying to execute any visions that we have to make something happen. Um, I learned a lot of that from from the from the student organizations. Yeah. Uh, I would say more so there than anywhere else, um, even like within the other career paths that I have. Uh, a big part of that was most of the job, the, the uh, roles that I'd had prior to that were individualistic, where I'm working as part of a team, not necessarily leading a team, and my portion of it is, is uh, separate from kind of everybody else's portion, but uh, as part of as part of a student organization, you're really like, hey, these are all of our roles that we're trying. You know, yeah. these are all of our spaces that we're trying to to do uh, that we're trying to achieve. You know, okay, you know yours, I understand mine. Let's make these things happen so that we can work towards our goals. Okay. So, look, I'm looking at the time, but there's one more thing I want to talk about. All right. All right this is going to turn into a mini series. I don't know. I might have to split this up or, or cut something out. So, I want to, and you started going back to the organization and, and, and way early when we first started, I kind of hinted at the fact that your contributions to to the organizations didn't stop once you graduated right you still stayed involved as a professional so let's just overlay that and talk about what you what you've done as a professional still in these spaces and and more importantly I think why do you continue to do that yeah so I I saw the value of it um, as a student and I understand that these uh, organizations, a lot of them are volunteer-based, uh, that to make them continue, it requires people that are in professional roles to support that, to essentially keep the machine running. Yeah. Um, but at, at the same time, even as a, as a, you know, I'm a professional now, I realize that I can still learn a lot and I need to surround myself around people that are successful in their careers um, that are also like-minded uh, that I can use as role models. So like, you know, uh, I think one of the, the role models that, that uh, was had a really big impact on uh, my outreach uh, involvement was uh, Will Davis. Yeah. Um, Shout out Will Davis. Yeah. <laughs> he was he was a big role model for for me because uh, of his commitment to of his his commitment to the uh, not just the organization but what the organization was doing. Um, uh, other members of the student committee at the time. Uh, Michael Cantu, yourself, Peter, um, those are all people that I wanted to surround myself with uh, professionally, right? Because we had all started our professional careers roughly around the same time. Yeah. Um, and I knew that this group of people were going to be uh, going places. You know, everybody was, was very uh, determined and... Uh, uh, very um, had a lot of potential 
Yeah, and it is. And look, and it was, and, and I think some of the same reasons you're talking about is the reason why I keep coming back, and why even I mean, I've had this conversation with others, and it's the same. It's like, look, we know what we got out of it. We know what we learned from it. We want people behind us to do better, right? Not trip on the same rocks. There's no point to that, right? Um, and and look, in our reality, it is fun as hell <laughs> when you get us all together. And now we have money. <laughs> so, well, so it's just, it's just, I mean, it's, it's still, that's part of it is, is, is still very real and it's very fun, right? I look forward to, to, to times when we've all been in, yeah, involved with something. There's a social aspect of it for sure. Uh, and I think, I think beyond that, like you were saying, uh, there is no reason for, for people to be stumbling over uh, things that, that, they just don't know about. I mean, if you could be that one person, that one person that gets into somebody's life and changes their life forever. And if I can say, you know, Hey, I made an impact on this one person's life, even though it, you know, you might not even know it, right. You might've done, said something, talked to somebody at some point, gave them a piece of advice that changed it. You'll never know it. But that probably changed their life forever. Uh, and that's, that's really the thing that uh, uh, I think uh, inspires me uh, is, is just that concept. You know, we don't do any of this. We're not doing any of this alone. You know, we're in this world. You're not doing anything alone. You've got people somewhere that uh, have either influenced you or have uh, given you an opportunity and that's that's really kind of the inspiration for me to be a part of, of this just to, to say hey I've I've had that somebody's given me an opportunity somebody's told me something if I can pass that on great we'll do it yeah well Cole Gabe look it's Thursday we're both professionals we both gotta work tomorrow and it's kinda late <laughs> but no man I wanted it was great that you you came to Houston and we were able to connect uh, thanks for sharing your your story um and I at one point probably wanted to get you back cause there's a whole conversation about oil and gas that I think you and I need to have for the listeners about why we picked it and just kind of have an industry conversation. I do want to do that, uh, that have that conversation with you at some time. So we'll have to figure out when we do that. Uh, any last words for, you know, I don't know what, what are, what are Gabe's words of advice? Pick a student, young professional. I'll give you the last, the, 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 the sign off. Uh, kind of going back to what I'd said, you know, this, everything you do is an investment um, in yourself right uh, make sure that you're you're researching a lot of these things uh, in these decisions um, because they're going to have an impact later on uh, and you've got to look at you've got to look at uh, your degree your education your uh, involvement in organizations, um, your, your personal, uh, your personal relationships, your professional relationships, all of those are an investment, uh, in your brand. Um, and take time to take time to, uh, build it, build it research it. You know, I think, uh, 
like I said, looking back on all of this, it wasn't until just a few years ago that I realized, hey, this is everything that I've been doing. Um, had I had that like objective or, or point of view starting off, I think the decisions I would have made probably would have been a little bit different. But that's my biggest piece of advice for students is um, everything you do is an investment into yourself. Cool, man. With that, thanks for your time, man. Until next time. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. Yep.